0: I'm going to do something that I should have done ages ago. The only thing that stopped me was my fear of what you'd say. But you need to know that I'm over that now. I don't need your blessing, but I do need to know that I have your support when I fail. Because I will. Not spectacularly, I hope. But definitely in the short term. In the long term, I'm going to win. And it would mean the world to me to know that you've got my back and are hoping for my success, not waiting for my failure. Gary Vaynerchuk, crushing it. Welcome, everybody, to Pixel Pino's podcast. I'm Pixel Pino, and this will be the first episode of What I Hope to Be Many soon to Come. So, who I am, guys. I just go by Pino, I grew up by the name Philip, and uh, I was born in 1982. When we look at gaming in 1982, we're talking just at the end of the Atari age, and just the beginnings of Nintendo uh, coming to life. I had older siblings who were in high school when I was uh, born, and I remember at the age of three going into my first video game arcade, the Gold Mine, at the Lacey uh, South Sound Mall, in Washington state, uh, where I remember going in there and popping in quarters here and there with my uh, brothers and sister, um, playing Galaga and Cuber were the first two that I remember. I come from a divorced family and somewhere along my kindergarten year or just before, uh, my, my mother and father, they divorced and moved across, uh, my mother moved me across town to the other side of town where, um, where I would soon uh, be raised and start going to school. From there, I met some friends who um, were kind enough to let me come over and play Atari, and I played a whole bunch of Atari. And uh, around 86 or 87, I remember uh, my my mom's friends, um, Jim, who was there, he ended up playing a whole bunch of Atari with me and then ended up getting a Nintendo. With the Nintendo coming out, uh, he was very uh, enamored with uh, the games that are offered and and all that. Um, So his Atari was just put away in a box for a bit, and uh, later that year, he, uh, for Christmas, gave me his used Atari 2600. And so there it all started for me, my first introduction into video games. I started playing things like Moon Patrol and Jungle Hunt, all the games that uh, Jim already had in his collection he donated to me. Hours upon hours of Pac-Man and Mrs. Pac-Man. Um, pole Position. Um, just some of the greats. Donkey Kong. Um, so these are all the games that I grew up with. That was my first introduction and something I really stuck with me. To this day, I own my 2600 that he gave to me. It's in my display cabinet, and it's uh, it's readily uh, easy to be hooked up and played. Um, so from there, I, I really just love being... Um, a gamer being uh, raised as the only child and having siblings that were well out of high school at that time um they were doing their own thing going to school working and i was still just a toddler in kindergarten first grade and uh i learned to to, to play those games and i just just fell in love with uh with what it was being a single uh, ch- uh you know only child raises only child um in the wintertime in Washington, it gets dark, and uh, you play a lot of video games. In the summertime, you have long summers, and you're out playing and riding your bike. And uh, In my place, we had an apartment complex where we had a swimming pool, so I'd be out late there. But during school nights and things like that, when I was done with homework, especially in my elementary years, we didn't have homework then. We just came home, and we were just at home. So we watched TV, Saturday morning cartoons, and I had the opportunity to play games. Then I got signed up in uh, Big Brothers and Big Sisters, and my big brother, um, about a year into our assignment, um, he brought me around, I want to say, around '89. Um, yeah, probably about Christmas of '89 is when I got my first Nintendo. I got the Nintendo Entertainment System, the action set, I believe. It came with uh, the Mario Duck Hunt cartridge, Zapper, and two controllers. Uh, additionally, he also got me Mega Man 3. That was uh, that was a big leap and forever solidified my time in gaming. And from then on, I was trying to find ways to trade, borrow, make money so I could buy new ones, or use uh, video games. Um, Atari got unplugged, got tucked into a box, and stuffed in my closet. And I didn't pick it up for quite a few years later, but the Nintendo man that was that was a whole new game um the graphics were amazing you had endings and storylines text um beautiful music and the, the palette of art design concept and everything that that uh, that gaming is now was solidified i believe in those first few systems i didn't know about the uh sega master system but the nintendo everybody knew about and uh, that was the the game console to have. Uh, being Filipino, um, I hung out with a lot of Filipino kids. And it seemed like every Filipino was just so rich to get their kids uh, lots and lots of video games. I was pretty poor. So when whenever my father would take me for the weekend and we'd go to all the Filipino um, friends' houses, all of them had massive libraries. 10, 20, 30 games. All that they got for Christmas in the last few years. And they were just a ton of fun to play. So, Asian, video gaming, it all just aligned, and I really, really dived deep. Um, from there, I, I played a lot of uh, Nintendo games, and I would go to my local game store on the west side of Olympia, my hometown. Uh, the store was called Game Bros, uh, owned by a guy named Seth. I actually know him pretty well um, in the later years uh, of my teen and early 20s, and uh but remembering uh, going into his store, he had all sorts of games set up. Um, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, all that was there, uh, ready to play demos, um, play all afternoon, just sitting in his store if you wanted. Um, But I started renting. I started renting Nintendo games from him, and um, Hollywood Video also had some, some Nintendo games. But Uh, A lot of the stuff had to be hand-me-downs, what I could find at garage sales. Every now and then I was able to pick up a good title from him. Um, But I was still a little bit young. Um, Again, I was talking 89, so I was... uh, Well, let's see here. Until I was about 8 years old, so 8 through 10, I played a lot of Nintendo. Um, But then I was able to start doing odds and ends, cutting my dad's lawn, um, recycling, and making some money. And so... Somewhere early 90s or so, um, I traded in for a Super Nintendo. Unfortunately, it, it took a lot of strength to give up my Nintendo, and I wish I did keep it. I had the original box. It was in pristine condition. I love my Nintendo. Unfortunately, I took it to Game Bros, and I traded it in so I could get a Super Nintendo. So, as I move into there, I, um, I'm i able to do more odds and ends, and I get into, like, Secret Mana, Illusions of Gaia, um, you know, uh, the Zelda uh, Link to the Past, and things like that. So, um, but I just continue getting into more and more video games, and uh, all my Nintendo games slowly depleted, turned into trade, and uh, I picked up games from the GameStop. So, much of those, and the original Super Nintendo that I picked up on trade, I have the box, and I have that Super Nintendo, and I have all my original games from that console, um, when I first started getting into it. And then, um, somewhere in the... somewhere in between, I I was introduced to Magic the Gathering by my friend Ian, who previously taught me how to play Dungeons & Dragons. But role-playing games really wasn't my style. I didn't really understand... Uh, that concept and the imagination about the game. So when he introduced me to Magic the Gathering I sort of had the same sort of feeling about it like You know, I saw the pictures on the cards, and it was much more visual than uh, Dungeons and the Dragons were at that time. Um, But the cards didn't quite make sense to me, and and piecing all the pictures together, I didn't quite get it. Um, So we played a couple games, and, you know, I just wasn't interested. So I went back to video gaming, um, and I just really enjoyed the aspect of being entertained on something on my screen that I was involved in, uh, versus looking at pictures. However, a few years went by, and uh, someone else brought it up. In my life, and they said, Do you play Magic the Gathering? Do you know how to play? And I was like, Yeah, I played one, one or two games, and it really wasn't me. And they said, Well, you should check it out. Um, and I saw guys playing um, out at uh, Lacey, uh, the Lacey South Sound Mall, uh, as well as there was a shop that opened up on the west side. Uh, that shop was within skateboarding distance and biking distance of my home and so I knew some of the people that were playing there because I saw them out in Lacey and I decided to learn how to play the game. From there I was donated some cards and I got into um, you know, collecting and learning how to play. Um, a few months went by and I really dove in deep. Uh, I apprenticed under my friends uh, Calvin, Chris, and Carl, uh, and two of the three that I maintain a, a relationship, uh, friendship-wise, on Facebook. In fact, I even lived with Carl uh, for about a year and a half when I first met my wife. So now I've really taken to Magic the Gathering. Um, my Super Nintendo is still hooked up, and uh, but it's collecting dust. I'm out every moment I can going to the shop, And engaging in, uh, you know, socialization as well as, you know, competitive magic. Uh, That wasn't something I had at home. Uh, As I mentioned before, my brothers and sisters were quite older than me and they weren't living with me. Uh, And my mother, um, she was blind. All her life she's been blind. And so being able to uh, play video games with her. Uh, wasn't uh, wasn't something that could be done. We did attempt once, and actually got her to the end of level one one, just by the sounds uh, and my guidance. But that's uh, that's different than playing with friends or your family at uh, you know gatherings and stuff like that. Uh, so we didn't get to play a lot of video games, um, me and my mom, obviously. Um, but we had opportunity to play board games uh, if we had uh, the board game in braille. However, at that time. A lot of board games like Monopoly, instead of being like 10, 15, 20 bucks, were, you know, 60, 80, $100. And when you're on a limited income, being, uh, you know, on state aid and things like that, um, you can't uh, afford those kind of games. So, uh, what money I could put out there, three, four bucks, a pack of cards. I'd work hard for money in my you know, allowance or chores or whatever I could. Um, I went out and played magic, the gathering. And so I forged these relationships and I dove deep into competitive magic, traveling from Portland to Seattle, wherever I could hitch a ride. And there was a large tournament going on. I started collecting and playing and that turned into much of my uh, teenage years until I got a car. Um, And then from there, a lot of things uh, changed. I became an adult uh, and I started, you know, uh, helping pay rent and things like that. So I I got some jobs, Uh, same friends at that time, uh, hanging out with them. We were all mall rats at the time. And I was uh, going down to the mall anytime uh, I wasn't playing magic and we'd hang outside the arcade um, and, and shoot the breeze. And that's what we did. We were mall rats and we'd pump quarters and machines. And so there again was video gaming. Um, well, I had a few different jobs that I worked at uh, electronic store. I worked at some restaurants and then I landed a job at the uh, arcade in my town tilt. Um, on the west side in the capitol mall of olympia and it was there for years but for about a year and a half two years i worked there and became a manager there i don't remember the exact order that we were hired there uh, but my friends calvin and chris who taught me how to play magic also worked there we all hung out at the mall and we played a lot of uh, street fighter a lot of tekken a lot of uh, marvel vs. capcom 2. Um, And we just, as games rolled in, arcade fighters were like my go-to. We had everything from Killer Instinct to Mortal Kombat 3. Uh, Like I said, going back to to, uh, Street Fighter 2, have competitions all the time. And uh, as I became a store manager, um, there'd be, I was younger, I was uh, probably early 20s or so, maybe just 21, and uh, we would stay up late i was also working part-time at a pizzeria at the time and a lot of times we'd cook up a pizza and then come over to the arcade which was two doors down the hallway in the mall and uh, be in the back and be playing uh, arcade fighters all night and uh, drinking soda and and eating pizza so we had a lot of time a lot of uh, time to, to practice our gaming we had a lot of time bonding as friends um, people would come and go and part of our group and we'd always invite them in. Uh, we did this after hours and we probably shouldn't have, but, uh, we were young, dumb and in our twenties. Um, so it was, it was a blast of the time. So from there we went to, uh, tournaments even for, uh, I went to Tekken tag tournament, I believe and a Tekken four tournament and, um, Placed pretty well in those, nothing great, Um, but basically all the arcade managers in the Puget Sound for that company would be at these tournaments, and we'd be ranking in the top ranks um, because we spent so much time uh, playing the video games. And at this time in my life, I was working uh, two or three jobs at a time. Um, like I said, I was working at an electronics store, good guys, part-time. I was working at a pizzeria, and I was working at uh, The Tilt as a manager. Unfortunately, right around 2002, that all fell apart. I started, uh, you know, I, my seasonal work ended, uh, I believe, somewhere in January. I started getting ri- written off the schedule um, at the pizzeria, and then... Uh, some things turned sideways, um, bad management on my part, and I had to take the rap. and it sounds like maybe one of my employees may have stolen from the company. Um, but being the manager, I took the rap, and uh, unfortunately I was fired. So right around 2002, 2003, um, I was making a lot of money. Um, one day I walked into GameStop, and, and frivolously and not wisely, um, I bought a GameCube, a PlayStation 2, and a Sega Dreamcast all in one go. Uh, plus a couple games for each i spent like a 700 hundred dollar paycheck in one shebang um, i was living at home and it, it wasn't really wise i do have those systems now but when i look back at it i probably should have budgeted my money much better uh, so that i could set up life better down the way but it is what it is um and at that time i was spending money furiously and unfortunately i lost three jobs at once i was renting an apartment with my uh i think she was my girlfriend at the time i'm not sure we were on and off for years um, but we, I had bills to pay, and I and I got kicked on my butt. And uh, same time, um, I was able to network with some friends and get a job uh, just south of Seattle um, at a welding and manufacturing uh, place in the RV industry, uh, Torquelift International um, and Torque Lift Central. And so I, I worked in in that for a while. While I was working that, I was still collecting games. I had uh, some money here and there. And uh, the games started piling up. I had a lot of disc games. At that time, the popular systems were PS2 and Xbox and uh, Dreamcast, and uh, I was still collecting for all those. Um, unfortunately, I put them all in a wallet, and uh, one day at my apartment, uh, my wallet and a bunch of the cases went missing. Uh, I probably had 300 bucks or 400 bucks of games at that time retail pricing stolen from me um, They walked out my back door while I was taking a shower um, Noticed that something was astray and I found my disc games were gone um, So that sort of kicked me into um, Like a quiet time for game collecting. I got real discouraged uh, about the the loss and I packed up all my systems um, I packed up all my systems I, I was coming to a point where I needed to move to a different apartment I moved out on my own and gaming sort of took a, a backseat and um, I didn't quite have all my consoles hooked up all the time and, and, and I wasn't collecting as heavy so I was very very discouraged um, but that was my early 20s and I started uh, you know meeting girls and playing more magic um, as the video games died down, I started playing more Magic, um, and I was starting to date some more, and, uh, you know, life got ahead of me, and, uh, y- you know, video games took a back seat, and that's fine. Uh, life life has a lot of rewards that uh, video games don't produce for you, and uh, I met my wife in that time, and uh, she knew that I was a pretty big collector. She helped me in a move a couple times before we, uh, we moved in together, and uh, she knew that I had Games galore, and we'd always be moving tubs around and tubs around, but they were all just boxed up. So life went on, and uh, that's uh, right around—that's I guess in my mid twenties there. So when my wife and I met, we were in our mid twenties, and uh, she was from Arizona and planned on moving back to Arizona in a few months. But uh, I won her over, and uh, we started uh, hanging out more and became an official thing. And from there, we uh, we ran into an old friend. Uh, Carl had been, uh, you know, four or five, six years since I've seen Carl on a regular basis. And uh, we rekindled our friendship and he approached me about um, a business concept and my wife and I, we were in. And so we started hanging out more with Carl uh, for business matters and then also as a friend. And uh, at one point he was looking for a roommate. And so my wife and I and Carl, we all bunked together uh, in a two bedroom home in uh, about an hour south of Seattle for about a year and a half. While we were there, we did play some video games, um, but we mainly played uh, board games. He played a lot of Scrabble and Monopoly, my wife, myself, and him. We would play hours upon hours of board games with each other. Um, Monopoly, we could finish in about a 45-minute sit-down and it was a blast, but uh, it really wet my palate uh, for more board gaming. So along the way, uh, one of my friends from my, uh, my job Uh, south of Seattle, had moved um, uh, to a new job at Nintendo's warehouse in Redmond, uh, Washington. And uh, he'd hooked me up here and there with some video games. But one uh, major thing was um, I actually bought my Wii when it came out directly from the factory um, from him. And so that was another addition to the library. But again, Wii was more for fun, and we played here and there, me and my wife, but it wasn't really... A mainstay. I didn't break out the collection. Picked up uh, one or two games uh, over a course of a year, but that was about it. And so we actually uh, nurtured that relationship. We uh, had a game night where they invite us over, and they ask us if we've ever played a, a specific board game, Settlers of Catan, which my reply I had never played that before never heard of it it's been uh, been around since about the late 80s but it wasn't really popular here until the 2000s time and uh, so they they were introduced by some friends and they wanted to introduce us to it and so we started playing Settlers of Catan um, somewhere between then and and a few years back I, I did pick up some board games of myself I was always interested in games that weren't uh, Monopoly or Scrabble or Sorry and things like that Um, I had Ticket to Ride and Killer Bunnies. Um, The mainstay was Ticket to Ride, and it still is in in my collection. It's a mainstay. And uh, so they introduced us to Settlers of Catan, and uh, we introduced them to Ticket to to Ride. And for about a year there, that seems like all we ever played. We played that over and over and over again. It really got our palate wet for board gaming. Both my wife and I just loved it. Um, And I love any time that I can spend with my family, my wife, Um, and so video games, it does happen, but board games seem to really bring everyone together. In 2008, the housing bubble had popped. I had just been married, I got back a week from my honeymoon, and I was laid off. So I had to take a look at different jobs out there in the market, ended up working for one of the warehouses that I bought parts from. However, I took about a 25% pay cut and uh, the price of, uh, the cost of living in Seattle area is quite high. And uh, I wasn't making the money that I was at my previous job. And uh, in early 2009, we found out we were expecting our daughter our first child. She was born in late 2009. We were upside down on our house, and as we tried to spin the plates and make sure that the bills were paid, we were still upside down on a house. Things were getting really tight. Our mortgage had just gone up due to escrow issues and the housing bubble and things like that. And so my wife took a trip down to Arizona to show her parents her their new grandbaby. And while she was here, she interviewed for a job with Chase Bank. She ended up getting the job. We did the math and it made sense that we could move down to Arizona. I could be a stay-at-home dad and she could start working for Chase while we lived at her parents. So we moved down to Arizona in February of 2010. I was a stay-at-home dad and wasn't planning on working. I did hook up the Wii here and there and played Call of Duty and some other games. Um, but I didn't get to a lot of time. I had a new board and I had a truck that I needed to fix So between changing diapers and switching out transmissions, I didn't have a lot of time um, But I was a stay-at-home father and uh, all of a sudden out of the blue. I got a call from a manufacturer in a town just north of me uh, they heard um, because they they went up to the show at my last warehouse that I uh, that I worked at, and they networked with my old boss and found out that I had moved to Arizona. They asked, uh, you know, if you knew where the you know the town of Prescott Valley is, and uh, my soon-to-be employer said, "Heck yeah, we do. It's our neighboring town." So they grabbed my number, and three weeks into living here, I was given a call out of the blue, asked to come in for an interview for a job I hadn't applied for. I ended up landing that job. It made a lot of sense to make money uh while I was here, and uh, my wife and I just continued on with life and we uh we picked ourselves up by our bootstraps and uh, figured out the economy as we rolled into the beginning of two thousand and ten in late two thousand and ten. I was still looking for something to do. Up in Washington, my first job was uh, at the skating rink. I spent many, many years uh, doing skating from about 13 to 26. And uh, I didn't have that here. And I tried some video games, but I really wasn't interested. And one day I was driving along and I saw a, a, a movie rental place and it had a Magic the Gathering sign in the window. So I decided to venture in. I found out that not only did they rent DVDs, They also um, had a corner in the back where people could play Magic the Gathering. And I looked at my collection and I said, I know I have it somewhere. I need to do something. This is going to be my hobby. So in October of 2010, um, I started playing Magic again. I started playing a a standard format. Um, I used to call it Type 2, but things had changed. It's been a while since I picked up uh, cards, probably since about two thousand and three or four was the last time I played magic uh competitively, and so now we are back into it in late two thousand and ten. A lot of rules have changed and so my cards have gone up in value, some have dropped dramatically, but I jumped in and I learned uh learned the local community and the meta and uh it was like riding a bike all over again so I was in I was out on Friday nights hanging out with the Guys that I started to get to know and kindled a lot of good friendships here in this new town that I knew nothing about. So for a couple years, I was playing a lot of magic, uh, meeting a lot with friends, but it was always difficult now that I had a daughter. Uh, I would spend Friday nights, you know, I'd leave at 530 or 6 and I wouldn't come home until midnight. And that's, uh, that's a little bit, uh, you know, tiring for a wife. Uh, who's raising a, her newborn, and uh, you know, the, our newborn daughter's fussy or whiny or hungry or needs a diaper changed. And I wasn't there from the time uh, you know I went out to magic, and so I decided that uh, you know um, I would sort of cap that down a little bit maybe once every couple weeks to uh, and schedule a little bit more. Um, but along the way, my wife ended up moving from Chase. Um, she ended up leaving Chase to go to work for the state of Arizona. And while she was at the state of Arizona, she met a coworker, and they discussed some of their interests and some of their likes, hobbies, and stuff like that. And they found out they both played Settler's Catan. We ended up befriending a couple, uh, this couple, and uh, we ended up playing lots and lots of board games. Uh, that lasted uh, for two or three years until some things went astray, but all along uh we had um, my friend and I had collected uh about a hundred uh board games in each of our collections. A lot of designer board games, new games that had come out. We uh I've kickstarted a few games, some some uh low-label stuff, and uh, just had a blast with it. I enjoyed accessorizing my games, getting uh, cool printouts, uh cool inserts and things like that. Uh, upgrading for the custom pieces so it was uh, it was about uh, you know having fun with that too um but unfortunately that after a couple of years that ended and uh, I was looking for something else to do and I decided that you know um, I would get into Star Wars Destiny so I was playing some magic but Star Wars Destiny rolled around uh, about what a year and a half two years ago now and uh, it was a card and dice game brand new game and uh, I had played uh, Dice Masters in the past, but it felt like you always had to buy dice every single week, and you, you never could catch up. Um, but this new format offered by uh, um, it offered a new opportunity to play a, another game. Uh, gaming again has always been my my life, so I learned how to play Star Wars Destiny, and I did that for a good solid year. Um, maybe nine nine ten months, maybe a full year uh, I was playing in the local tournaments, and uh, it just uh it was another exciting card and dice game that I could get into and it was uh, uh it was a little bit of uh, magic the gathering mixed with uh, dice masters, but at a little bit slower and more strategic of a pace um, you had ways to mitigate your dice and it was it was totally my game so. Um, but uh, along the way, uh, again, I was spending more time out, um, and it was uh, difficult to to get away when I could to play uh, on Friday nights or Tuesday nights or whatever night it was. Um, I had started um, being heavily involved in my church around 2011 here, so a couple years before, and, and I had to teach, and I had... Um, I lead worship in my church, and I have a lot of obligations there. So with all that, it was difficult to make some nights out um, along with juggling family life. And uh, I decided that I would uh, ask my wife if I could just get a, uh, a new uh, video game console. I wanted a PS3. I missed out on a PS3, and uh, she said, But babe, you don't even uh, play the ones you have. She knew I had a buttload. So, I decided to go out to the garage and uh unpack the oh seven to ten um totes of video game consoles and video games and accessories that I had. I found I had quite a hefty load still um and a lot of them hadn't been uh unplayed, and I hadn't replaced uh you know some of the disc games that had been stolen, so I started playing some of those games. I hooked him up in the living room and decided that this is this is the legit thing so i had two or three consoles hooked up out there and uh, i decided hey babe can i have a space in the garage and make it my my man cave Um, and that happened so lo and behold we ended up liking it so much out here in the man cave that it turned into a fam cave Uh, my wife likes to craft and i like to play video games so we uh, took took over our garage and um put carpets down instead of having a little coffee table i got a huge entertainment center Uh, i ended up getting a crt tv um, and uh, this huge entertainment center now houses a lot of my collection for display of board games card games my video games along with uh, now i'm building uh, retro audio equipment um, you know just say a setup with a receiver and record player to cd player to tape deck and and things like that um, I do have a lot of records to go through from my mother's estate. Um, I'm not sure if that'll be another hobby, but uh, that'll be another uh, topic for discussion maybe later. So, But uh, w- we moved out in the garage. It's now the Fam Cave. Um, we've done uh, some rearranging, some painting. Um, I built a display cabinet, um, got a new display cabinet, and it's been growing. And so that's been my life uh since the age of about 4 or 5 when i was first uh, ever introduced to an arcade game uh into the atari nintendo super nintendo and consoles from there through my uh my young uh you know teens and adulthood you know managing arcade and uh, playing magic i've come full circle um this is this is who i am and i realized that gaming's been a huge part of my life it's not just uh, something that's entertaining, but it's uh, created memories um, for me over the years. It's not, not just the memories of playing video games, but mainly the memories of hanging out with friends, going over and having sleepovers and bringing your Nintendo games to play all night uh, and vice versa, or sitting down at a table with my family or friends to play board games, uh, as well as, you know, sitting down with new people. And kindling new relationships, playing magic or Star Wars Destiny. All these things uh, have a common thread and has been the thread that has woven the fabric of my friendships and my life together. Uh, between my wife's relationship, my kids' relationship, to those that I uh, hold near and dear, it's always been there for me. Gaming has been an awesome adventure. And I hope to continue it, whether I'm 35, 45, or 55. I'll always look to have a fun time around a table with friends and family, uh, in front of a TV, maybe playing some of the old 1980s uh, video games. Um, But it's been a crazy ride, something that I've loved. So that's me in a nutshell, guys. So I'm not sure where I'd like to go with this podcast. This is my first podcast podcast. It's about who I am and my history, but I don't want it to be all about me. My YouTube channel was started just basically on video games. I like to branch out into board games, and I'd like to to continue that here on the podcast. However, more recently, I put out cooking shows on my YouTube channel. I put on some comedy um, or parody uh, pieces and... uh, just having fun with creating content, so here I might do the same thing, or what I might do is uh, bifurcate the content um, from you know video game and gaming in and have something uh more cooking related or comedy related on a uh, separate channel on YouTube or a separate podcast. Uh, I also like self motivation, self awareness, and self talk. Um, you know, reading books uh, to better yourself, being motivated, talking about how to make money uh, on eBay. Um, I've done multi level marketing. I've done um, all sorts of jobs. I've uh, owned my own businesses. My wife has been a farmers agent where we bought into that. Uh, we come from. I come from manufacturing and RV world, along with off roading, and I have an eclectic. Uh, resume of talents throughout my jobs and things like that so I'd like to continue that um, but for now I'm going to start with uh, video games because that's what I have a big passion for right now Um, I'm currently building my business pixelprotectors.com where I am making NES custom sleeves for your NES games and I hope to branch out to the N64 here soon and launch my website Uh, it is live right now but you can't access it Um, But please sign up for an email on there, pixelprotectors.com. You can enter your email for new news and uh, what's coming. You can also check me out on uh, YouTube under Pixel Pino. I'm found on Facebook, Pixel Projects. And you can follow me on Instagram, Pixel Pino. Um, So that's all my contact info, guys. I will have a Twitter account up and going soon. I'll be able to be reached here on Anchor. Maybe I'll take some questions or um, have some interviews with people with the functions on this app. It's been an interesting experience. So I appreciate you tuning in and bearing with me. This is a whole new experience for me, Um, a whole new platform that I have to learn. And I'm not exactly sure how to quite edit precisely, but I will continue to add content that I hope is of value to you that uh, you are entertained by or uh, or can pass on so until next time guys please smash buttons knock elbows and keep on gaming on thank you